This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Hello. Welcome, welcome to all the listeners on this beautiful Saturday morning. Uh, I am the special guest host, Brandon Gonzalez. Uh, Don Scordino has the weekend off. Uh, believe it or not, he actually has a pretty busy personal life as well. And, and uh, so we're more than happy to, to fill in for him. And today we've got great guests. We have the uh, 2022 president-elect, Brian Dominguez. Good morning, Brandon. Good morning. And we have Lynn Hines, who is a current director on uh, the local and state boards. And so, uh, you know, being that let's we're talking a little bit about ourselves, I think we should just let the listeners know, um, you know, Brian, if you don't mind a little more about, you know, just who you are, your company, how long you've been in the business. Sure. No problem. So I started when I was 21 years old in 2003. Uh, And so coming up on 20 years already, can't believe how quickly that goes. Uh, I'm a broker. I own Premier Valley Realty and Cypress Property Management and uh, come from a long line of realtors in my family. So uh, blessed to be able to continue that tradition on a daily basis. Right on. And if I'm not mistaken, born and raised in Fresno, Fresno State? Born, yeah, St. Agnes. I grew up actually in the foothills up in Madera County, went to Yosemite High School, go Badgers, and then came back down the hill for Fresno State and Fresno Pacific. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. And Lynn? Lynn Heinz, I'm with Realty Concepts. I'm a broker associate. I've been in the business 33 years, 34 years. Um, Seen a few markets go Mm -hmm. up and down here and there. Actually, my mom was a realtor for many years, Patty Ogden. Mostly worked up at the the mountains in the Shaver Lake area. But she's the one who said, I'll pay for your licensing training Mm -hmm. if you will go get your license and stick it out for a year. And, and so here I am, 34 years later. Well, that's awesome. So basically, um, just be the, uh, between the two of you, we've got 50 plus years of real estate, and uh, I know you both have been through a market or two. So this is uh, these are just the the people you want to hear. As we're kind of going into some uncharted territories again, right? With uh, with rising rates. And speaking of that, let's just we've got a lot of ground to cover today. Um, first of all, Lynn. You know, you've served on a national and state level. Is that correct? That's correct. All right. Tell us a little bit about where we ha- we were just at uh, the other week. Well, last week it was um, our pleasure, all three of us, yeah. plus about 17 or 18 other realtors here from Fres- the Fresno area, were up in uh, Sacramento. We go there once a year to lobby our legislators for homeownership, housing, and private property rights. And it was uh, the theme of this legislative day, as we call it, was promoting homeownership. And just to let you know, we do good work. Mm. Not only do we sponsor bills that will help what is really a housing crisis here in California, um, we don't have enough housing for everybody. Um, And uh, we also go there to kill bills or lobby against bills that are completely onerous, especially to private property rights. If I can touch on just two of them real quickly, um, just so the listeners can recognize how terrible some of this legislation is. Uh, AB 2710, Assembly Bill 2710, which would have essentially made any property owner that owned a rental property, whether it was single family or multifamily, they would have had to offer it on like a right of first refusal hmm. to one of their tenants 
they'd have to sell it to like a quantified qualified entity, excuse me. Mm. And it was estimated that this process might take almost a year. And so this was, you know, just something that came way out of the blue. Um, a lot of the legislators we talked to knew who the author of this bill was, Kyra, I think is his last name. Mm. And they said, oh, he's way out in left field. Anything he proposes, we automatically vote against it anyways. Got a question, Lynn. Yes. Because you, know, you mentioned uh, as we're there, and, and there's a lot of things, you know, bipartisan at this point because both, you know, everybody, I think, can understand that, you know, housing, we need affordable housing in California. Correct. Um, so I think uh, anytime there, there's a bill that would stifle, you know, um, movement of housing, uh, which it sounds like this, you know, a year delay to, right. to transfer property. Um, what do you think? Are, are they just maybe a little short-sighted? They don't have all the, the information? Are they not talking to the right people at times? You know, that's a really good question. Mm. Um, I, I'm not quite sure where this came from or what the genesis of this bill was. Right. But the bad that it would have done would have far outweighed if it, you know, had any benefit to Got anyone. It, it. it would have, you know, can you imagine even as a home buyer waiting up to a year to purchase a property. Uh, in the market we are in right now where interest rates are rising and they're fluctuating, right. you know, if you waited a year, who knows where interest rates would be? And that property you wanted to buy, you maybe couldn't afford it by the end of the year. Sure. Um, so it just, it was kind of a bad bill all the way around and it, it actually got pulled off the table because of our lobbying efforts. That's and so nice. I'm, I'm really proud of all the California realtors that talked to all their legislators and got that bill killed right on. and you mentioned there was oh brian i was just going to say real quickly you know one of the most inspiring things for me every time i go to ledge day is bringing the government closer to the people right i mean we yeah. think about is this really attainable if we go up there can we make a difference lynn you've already shared that we killed a bill just by the joint effort of all of us being up there but i think it's important for the listeners to know too is we really identify now we're calling ourselves the realtor party yeah. right and the realtor party is a group of democrats and republicans yes. we take that d and that r hat off when we're up there representing housing issues and the realtor party. So um, it's a unified trade association that's really yeah. focused on housing issues. So that that's kind of how we start the day with some, you know, good music and yeah. rah rah in the morning and then go hit the Capitol. But I thought that, you know, bringing up the realtor party was, was an important thing for the listeners to know about what we call ourselves. It definitely is. And, and Brian, it's a great point because uh, it's interesting how much can be accomplished when we work together. You know, and even collectively, as you said, we start removing our caps and really start focusing on, you know, a joint effort for uh, home ownership and private property rights. And so, Lynn, you mentioned Sorry. you mentioned there was another bill that, or another proposed bill. Yeah, that, uh, AB 249, which would have been a statewide rental registry. Hmm. So anybody that owned any rental property, whether it was single family or multifamily, would have had to basically submit and continually update their business information to the California Department of Housing and Community Development. Anybody who failed to provide that information um, would have been unable, in other words, their hands would have been tied to raise the rent, to mm -hmm. evict a bad tenant. Um, it, was, uh, it, it was in the Assembly Housing and Community Development Committee and we lobbied hard, and it failed to pass out of that uh, committee. This would have been just so, so onerous, especially yeah. for small, you know, property owners that, you know, that's like 
their business, mom and pop type situations, and they would have had to have so much accounting involved in this. It, it just, it didn't make any sense. Right, right. And so um, those two basically are considered dead in the legislature legislature so they will not move forward in the current session but we are constantly this is just an example of what we did this time we are constantly fighting these battles um, on behalf of you know people across the state yeah you know and brian going back to something you mentioned you know being there with our legislators and bringing the people to the government um, sharing that experience i mean we were in front of a panel of people and and folks that are listening uh you know, one thing that we probably all didn't realize that are sitting here in this on this uh, call today or, or in here this meeting is that we didn't think that we were probably going to be jumping this far into politics when we signed up to sell, you know, real estate. <laughs> That's um, very true. But, yeah. you know, going back to, as I mentioned, that panel of, you know, our legislators and, and how they interacted with with the group of, of uh, you know, our region. Uh, what was your takeaway with that? You, you know, like I mentioned, I think it's it's really inspiring to me that you can have conversations with elected officials and they'll listen, you know, mm-hmm. and actually have an impact on, on the, their decision making. I think if you bring facts and you bring a story and you can show them what the what it's going to look like in the real world as an expert, obviously we're talking about real estate, that their um, ideas may have uh, detrimental impacts on the industry and some right. unintended consequences. So we talk, you know, a lot about being at the table. Yep. And, um, you know, those that are involved are busy selling, but it's important for us to continue to have a, a viable industry to be able to be up in Sacramento and Washington, D.C., having conversations. And, and you know, locally, too, at the city council yes. podium, at the board of supervisors podiums, looking at school races, you know, all of those local offices that um, have an impact. Because let's face it, realtors are out in every neighborhood every day uh, seeing what's on, the, you know, what's happening and, and what people are doing. So where I think we're a a very good frontline source of information for politicians. I like that. And, you know, another important thing that you mentioned, the frontline is we are taking that information and those experiences we're having with our, our you know, our communities, right. you know, our, our, our population here, and we're taking that information, our experiences to those officials. And it's great to see how they, they truly do listen, um, you know, in the case, as Lynn had just mentioned. So, with that said, a lot of stuff going on in terms of home ownership and affordability. I mean, we won't buy, uh, we won't bore our listeners to tears, you know, with with some of the things in within the weeds. But so let's talk more local. You know, what's going on locally? Um, you know, in terms of you know some of the, the the similar things, Lynn. I know that there's uh, you know our mayor Dyer has been doing a lot locally to really try to to get a grasp on what's going on here with our, our uh, you know, affordability and housing situation. So uh, what can you share pertaining to that? Well, it, it it's his proposal, um, which is a, oh my gosh, it's like a 150-page report, I believe, has 47 priorities. It's called the One Fresno Housing Strategy. Mm. Um, just reading through the um, uh, kind of, you know, the synopsis of what, they're going to concentrate on it I'm just so impressed I'm hoping that even half of what they hope to accomplish gets done it will be for the good of Fresno and our community um, there's four a- areas that they're focusing on which is preserving housing producing housing preventing displacement mm. and promoting equity um, you know currently in California are a f- 
40, what, 47% maybe of the population can afford a house. And when you talk about Latinos and black, black Californians, that percentage goes down even further to like a 17 percentile can afford to purchase a house. Um, we need housing for everyone. We need housing for uh, our blue collar workers, yeah. our people who you know are in the service industries. Um, you know, right now in the state of California, if you throw Fresno in with like San Francisco and LA, the median price is around seven hundred and seventy-five thousand, um, which means you have to make over one hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars a year to purchase a property, to purchase a home, right. um, and it has been proven again and again and again. Home ownership promotes stable neighborhoods, you know, promotes family strength, gives kids a place place to feel safe, yeah, um, gives parents um, equity. As they, you know, pay that mortgage every month, they're building equity and wealth. Um, and so, J- J- Mr. Mr. Dyer, bless you, sir, for coming mm-hmm. up with this strategy. Um, if it does, like I said, a bunch of what they are going to try to accomplish, it would be wonderful for our community. It's farsighted. It's not going to happen overnight. Right. Yeah. But it is going to be something that is a, an outline for a plan to move forward so that we can house more people, we can promote more home ownership, especially for first-time buyers. Um, at least half of the funds, the $260 million that is going to come through grants and loans, at least half of those funds are going to go towards affordable housing. Awesome. And with that, um, you're starting to really take this conversation down the right path, and we're going to come back from the break, and we're going to discuss affordability, and we're going to start with Brian. So we'll be back. Hopefully you'll tune in in just a few. All right, welcome back to our listeners. Again, I am Brandon Gonzalez filling in for Don Scorbino. I have Brian Dominguez, and I have Lynn Heinz with me. And amongst the two of them, myself included, there's over 70 years of real estate experience. So we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. (laughs) With that, let's talk a little bit about affordability in the, the beautiful county or greater area of Fresno. And Brian, I'll start with you. What are you guys seeing uh, on the main streets? You know, it, it's interesting. I, a Fresno Bee reporter called me a couple of days ago and said, hey, I just got a report that said there's more people moving into the city of Fresno than than out. The the sur- There's a surplus of, of population where the trend in the rest mm-hmm. of the state is more people are leaving than coming in. And uh, we had a conversation about that. And he says, you know, it's, it's probably because Fresno is so affordable. Right. And uh and I laughed because local for our standards, those of us that have been around Fresno for a while, a $410,000, $420,000 average sold price in Fresno is not affordable, right? I mean, that it's hard to wrap your head around the fact that the average price in Fresno of homes sold uh, in the city is for over $400,000. When uh, in February it was three hundred thirty-seven. dollars A few years ago, I remember when it was in the low twos, you could yeah. get a nice house for one hundred eighty grand with a pool. And um, so... Affordability is, is subjective, I guess. You know, we're we're affordable compared to the rest of California, but uh, it's it's getting harder and harder to compete, especially if you're a first time home buyer and you don't have buckets of cash to wave appraisals and do exactly. do a uh, you know a gap um, appraisal shortfalls to identify those issues and then be able to fund the difference. So it's challenging. Yeah. Well, you bring up a really good point, and, and so for the listeners out there, just to put things in perspective. 
the uh, the height of affordability came in 2012 for Fresno at 72%. And what that means, because there's a lot of people that don't quite understand this affordability index, that basically means that the the uh, the median household income could 72% of them in 2012 could afford a home. Now to put things in perspective, it is now 37%. Wow. And so just 10 years later, in the same quarter, it is 37%. Now, I've had this discussion with some people, and it's not doom and gloom necessarily. You know, it's just, hey, um, we among California, California as a whole is at 24%. So we're still sitting on the higher, you know, end of the affordability. Um, but there's a lot of moving parts to that. Lynn, did you want to add something? Well, it, it just goes to show because of a lack of inventory, which is not just existing homes, but uh, new homes, we have too few houses for too many people. Mm -hmm. And that is what dri is driving prices up. Um, the fact that it is attractive to be able to come here and actually afford to purchase a home compared to the Bay Area or the Los Angeles area, San Diego area. Um, the other thing that is putting, you know, some kind of tightening to the market is that their interest rates have risen. Rosen. They've risen um, from, we were at a low of like three and a quarter, even at 3%. And now we're up in the mid fours, up to close to 5%. And that affects the affordability as well. Yeah. Um, and while those are still hugely historically low interest rates, it when you compile it with the prices rising and the interest rates rising, it prices people out of the market. Yeah. Um, and we, because we don't have enough housing to sell, we also don't have enough housing to rent to people. Yeah. And so rents are going up, which makes it even harder for your first-time buyer that tries to save buckets of cash, but when their rent keeps rising, and in some areas here in the Valley, you know, people are spending 50% of their gross family income right. on rent. And so there's just no money left over um, to save to purchase a home. Yeah. You know, uh, driving by a uh, development over off of Willow and Ashland, in between Ashland and Gettysburg, some apartments were going up. And a lot that I know we've all driven by over the years and have just been sitting there. And I told my daughter, I said, look, there's, you know, there's uh, housing. And she said, but they're apartments. I said, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, it's an opportunity for somewhere. It's a place for someone to live. And so, you know, the, there's more to the housing crunch than just building, you know, your single family residence. And, and so, um, yeah, and, you know, between chain supply, our supply chain issues and, you know, we can go on. But, um, Brian, I wanted to kind of throw a curveball your way, right, because I mentioned just in the last 10 years. But let's go back just two years. You know, there's been a lot going on. Obviously, we know that we're just getting out of pandemic. Mm -hmm. But do you think that had an effect or wha what really started this surge with you know the the, the, with the prices going the prices up going up well i think i think lynn touched on it i think lack of inventory you know i think i think there's a lot of sellers out there that it would sell if they had some confidence that they'd have somewhere to go right i'm sure right. we're all having conversations about well you can list your house contingent we'll find you a suitable replacement property buyers are flexible right now 
We'll, uh, you know, try to work out a way where you only move once. We'll do a rent back. I mean, you're seeing all of those kind of creative things yeah. just to try to convince people that if you sell your house, we'll, we'll hopefully be able to find you a, a viable solution. Weren't you one of those? I was uh, one of those. Uh, yes. Yeah. Brian has yeah. a personal story. Uh, yeah, I that. did. I sold my house uh, in 2020 and moved into a rental and then just recently uh, bought one of Lynn's listings, actually. And, um, you know, that was a leap of faith because the right. prices continue to go up. And as a realtor, you know, real estate broker who's been doing this a while, I told my wife, well, you know, we'll be fine. Six months, we'll find a house. And uh, yeah. it took almost two years. So it's it's a tough market to navigate as a yeah. seller and as a buyer. I mean, the seller, sure, you're going to you're gonna make more money yeah. and it's a good time to sell. But then you have to have somewhere to live and, and think about where you're going to go. Yeah. And a lot of folks, I'm sure you guys get asked questions. So the golden question is, where would I go next? Right. The next the question, I'm sure you know, every realtor, and it's on the mind of a lot of people, and, and rightfully so, is are we in a bubble? Will, will, will the market be crashing? And, and Lynn, you know, not to dive too deep below the surface, but I mean, what do you typically feel when people ask that? 2020 vision is ideal. And if I had a crystal ball, I could tell you. Right. However, I, my take on it just from my years of experience is we're we possibly are in a bubble but we're not going to be in a bubble that is going to burst um it might deflate a little bit sure it might um uh you know prices might stabilize and drop a little bit but there's so many factors that go into the to the puzzle or into the into the equation that and the one I know that we don't have now is what we experienced, you know, 2004 to 2007, yeah. when you could, you know, as long as you woke up in the morning and could take a breath, you could qualify for a loan. <laughs> and one that's that. not the case now. Right. Um, and so there's not a bunch of liar loans. There's not a bunch of uh, terrible negative amortization or worse loans, adjustable rate mortgages that you know, have a low payment and then, ooh, boom, you know, in a year it, yeah. it doubles the payment, which essentially forced people out of their housing. And so we're not going to have that kind of a bubble. Got it. But we, I, I do believe it is going to stabilize at some point. Sure. Um, it's going to skid a little bit because of interest rates. And the Fed keeps saying they're going to raise it at least another 50 basis points right. yep. um, by June or uh, um, July sometime this summer. I believe they so, just said that on yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go as far as to say I'm going to put it on the record that I think the rates will be 6% by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. High fives. Um, you know, we don't have a crystal wall, but I think I think that we definitely will see high fives, 6%. six percent. Um, and I remember in 2008, I bought my first home and my rate was 6.8%. Yeah. And I was selling furniture and anything I could to fight, scrape up the money for the down payment. And it was an <laughs> REO at the time yes. and it was a disaster. And I didn't know, I didn't have any money to even fix it up. And they came, the bank came back for our highest and best. And I had to go another thousand dollars to $171,000 at 6.8%. And, uh, I thought there's no way I can afford this, you know, but then, then the equity and then the market, and then I was able to refi eventually. So at that time, I guess my point is in 08, even with those rates, it was super competitive. There were a ton of offers and I still had to submit a highest and best. So I, yeah. I don't think the rates will kill the market. I think that our equity growth will be single digits instead of the double digits that we've been experiencing the last couple of years. But uh, I wouldn't wait too long to make a decision as a buyer to, to get in the and, and 
that's buy something. And that's a great point. And, you know, as we're kind of even talk, touching on a few things here, right? I mean, we started off with policy, you know, and what we're doing as an organization to really help with affordability and, and housing because, you know, one creates the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, you know, if we start really thinking about it, as you just shared your story, you know, there's a lot of other factors that affect housing. I mean, wages, you know, one of the reasons that Fresno has been so attractive is we have some jobs. We have, you know, this great sector, and, and we all know because we've worked with buyers from, you know, the, the high end to, to, to the different end of the spectrum. And, mm-hmm. you know, they've got good-paying jobs, uh, and we've got great business owners. And so kind of what we want to chew on, guys, when we come back from the break, we're going to touch a little more about what we can anticipate moving forward, and we're going to share just a, a few more data points, and hopefully you guys will – Uh, enjoy the the things that we kind of feel are going to really drive the market uh, the second half of this year. Stay tuned. All right. Thanks again for tuning in here uh, for the third segment. This is Brandon Gonzalez. I'm filling in for Don Scordino as he is on the road. And uh, we had just got done talking a bit about, you know, um, Brian was sharing an experience actually about one of when he first got into the housing market or bought a home in 2006 in in uh, 2008 excuse yeah. me mm-hmm. what was the average sales price or what was the price point at the, the house that i bought then was in clovis it was 171,000 ashland and fowler okay and the interest rate again 6.8 okay and, and i know you had mentioned uh you know that you had to kind of scrape together a few extra pennies because they had come back with you to come a little a little higher is that yeah. correct uh, yeah i was uh sweating big time how i was gonna you know plus it needed work and it, that same house i still own it uh it's a rental it's worth 425,000 right now unbelievable which is crazy to me that's that's nice it is it's nice you know and and that stuff fluctuates but i think the point that we were talking about on the during the break was it's really important there's no way i could have saved that kind of money right on my own right to go from 171 to 425 thousand dollars in value in 10 a decade a little decade you know a little over a decade i think that just is a good example that shows the importance of home ownership that people have access to be able to get on the ladder of home ownership and not, um, you know, not have the government subsidize rental housing to the point that mm. nobody ever has an opportunity to get out of a rental because yeah. we've got, if we're going to have, if we have a 65, we were up in Sacramento, we learned that the state has a 45 to $65 billion, billion with a B dollar surplus. And uh, we fought real hard to get a big chunk of dollars directed towards housing. And right. I think one of the things that, uh, well, I know one of the things that we talked about up there with our legislators was let's get people into homes. If we're going to have the government get involved in housing, let's give them forgivable down payment assistance. Yeah. And um, if you Lynn mentioned earlier, the cost of goods is going up, inflation's high, it's hard to save money right now. So let's mm-hmm. uh, have a forgivable loan. In fact, in 2008, there was a down payment assistance program. I had to pay it back 500 a year for, mm-hmm. uh, until I paid it back, I think it was $7,500. But that's the way I think we help get people. Because what you know, sure. the tried and true way to build wealth in America is, is owning real estate. Yep, and yep. great example. And Lynn, you mentioned, you know, um, I mean, we've, we've seen different markets. Uh, your thoughts on, as Brian just mentioned, these down payment assistant programs, you, you know, especially if we're able to, to really get that going here locally, I mean, how, how would that work in actuality you know like for the listeners that are out there saying well what goes on with this down payment assistant money uh essentially it's a it's a second loan um but it is what's called a silent second 
And so it, it depends on the, you know, the local program. Right. A lot of them require no payback if you stay in the home for a certain amount of years. Uh, if you need to sell before that time period is up, then you do have to pay mm-hmm. it back, as Brian mentioned. But the down, probably the down payment and closing costs is the biggest um, wall between being a renter and being being a homeowner. I agree. Because um, of you know the amount of cash involved to purchase a home, there's you know there are so many loan programs in the state of California that are available to all different walks of life. We as California Realtors have access actually to the California Association of Realtors has a website that we can access and the public can access. I don't know the the URL, but um, your realtor can help you dive into what's available, what the qualifying income is based on your family size, Mm -hmm. um, can help you learn you know, how to start the process. Um, Their website is full of uh, all the different links to different programs that are available. There's Cal FHA, there's Cal Home, there's the Down Payment Assistance Program. Mm -hmm. There's certain lenders, um, two of the largest lenders across America, Wells Fargo and Bank of America, have um, uh, certain areas of communities where they are promoting home ownership, and they have special rates and right. um, uh, incentives for people to buy in those areas. There's, you know, if you're a teacher, a policeman, a firefighter, um, there are so many programs. And what California Association of Realtors has done has, you know, conglomerated it all into a website that's a resource for us to mm. share with our home buyers to look for you know, maybe you don't qualify for this. Right. You know, when you walk into uh, ABC Savings and Loan, you might not fit their criteria, but there's probably 10 other programs out there that would fit your criteria. Yeah. Um, and you can figure out which one is the best for you and can help you on the ladder to home ownership. Yep, I, I love it. You know, y- you unpacked a lot there. And for listeners, especially those that might say, well, I'm just starting in this process. You know, there, there's a lot to, pro- uh, th- you know, that I'm trying to take in. Even as you're saying it, uh, she mentioned something that's kind of like a catch-all. Talk to a professional. Talk to somebody that, you know, I- is in the business that can help give you the resources and, and guide you. And, and um, you know, I, I keep saying it now more than ever. And, Brian, you know, um, I, I love how you shared your story earlier. And you probably agree. Now more than ever, you got to get started on the process sooner than later. I- if your thought is, I, I want to be a homeowner, you, you know, someday, um, start looking and start doing the research now. Yeah. The, you know, the dream list, all the things that you want in your dream home, you're not going to get in your first home. I don't think right. anything that I truly wanted other than a roof and four walls, uh, the first house I had, I bought had, I mean, it just really didn't, it was a matter of what I could afford. That's how we did the search, you know, of, uh, not, I threw all that aside when I was thinking about what it is that I really wanted in my first home and ended up buying in a neighborhood that I could afford. So, I knew, though, um, based on the experiences I'd watched with my family and the things that I'd heard about, that you had to buy something. Yep. And um, there was no way you were going to build equity. There was no way you were going to control rent costs or, you know, if you didn't run in a 30-year fixed mortgage. So uh, get on the ladder. I tell my clients that all the time. It's not going to be your dream home. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. And, and you know, I want to share something else for, for our listeners is regarding that down payment assistance. You know, there are people that qualify and what it does is it now leverages that some of the cash they do have now that c- maybe they might now, now be more competitive for 
you know, that appraisal gap or for making some repairs that the seller is not willing to pay. So they have to formulate that game plan um, and, and not think like, oh, well, if I'm getting down payment assistance or as a listing agent or as a seller, be maybe more open minded to how these programs can maybe even help their bottom line, you know, uh, th being that the seller that, hey, you know, what, even though it's an FHA loan or if it's a VA loan, there might be opportunities that they might net me more than a, a traditional. And so I think that we have to be, you know, look at the full picture uh, of what really what's coming in and how those programs can help both both sides of the party. I mean, both buyer and seller. I will share a story. I worked with some first time home buyers uh, starting last um, last uh, summer and they got very frustrated. We made a number of offers and, and they were FHA buyers mm. and um, they had a pretty pretty good cash reserve because of gifts from family, but um, they had to go FHA because he's in the medical field and he has um, quite a bit of student wow. debt. And, um, and so there was just no way they could qualify conventional. So we'd compete with seven, eight, ten. Yeah. At one, one house we made an offer on, I was so hoping we would get it. It, you know, it had 45 offers. Wow. And so um, they gave up and they ended up leasing something. Um, and then when rates started to rise the beginning of this year, I called them and I said, if you guys really want to buy a home, we better get started. Yeah. Um, you know, talk to your landlord, let them, you know, hopefully they will let you out of the lease because they can probably turn around and rent it mm -hmm. again in a heartbeat. Um, and let's start looking now. And they experienced the rates going up. We started at like three and three quarters and I think we locked them in at four and a quarter. And we found a seller and a listing yes. agent that said, yes, we will look That's at your great. FHA loan. Um, you know, we wrote it as clean as we could. We wrote it as high as we could. And we did get it accepted and we're closing next week. And That's they awesome. are beyond thrilled. Right. Um, so it, it can happen. You just have to be patient. Yeah. Work with a, your realtor to, you know, be on top of everything. Um, and, you know, make sure that your message gets across um, you know, how much you love the house and how much um, you want to be a homeowner. And uh, yeah. I just can't say enough for sticking it out. Choosing a professional, you've said it, that's a theme that we've heard a couple times. You need to have an agent that understands this market and writes an offer that's going to get accepted. And yep. I just put a, a personal property of mine on the market. Um, and I had, I think, six offers. And I actually chose a FHA offer. Good um, for you. <laughs> it wasn't cash. It wasn't, you know, but the agent wrote an incredible offer. I mean, she shortened her contingencies. They had an appraisal gap. The lender was proactive and reached out and said, we're going to get this done. And we went into escrow um, yesterday and the appraisal is already happening on Monday. So a team of people that are really proven that are going to do it, they're going to work hard. They're, yes. You know, that is, is huge. And, and communication is key, right? It's huge. Yeah. You? Can't, you can't beat that. It's instilling, you know, writing an offer that shows that this is going to close because you can have you know, I always say you want to get across the finish line with what you started with, right? Having right. something up front that's high and then renegotiating to the point that you don't actually end up with that is a disservice to the seller too. Right. And, and I love the fact that you guys are sharing some actual stories, you know, that Lynn 45 offers that was, you know, a year, two years ago, as we really started, you know, just really cranking there for a minute and, and how sellers are getting, you know, what 45 to six offers. Um, there's still multiple offers. It's still competitive. What we're going to talk about in the next segment now 
is what we anticipate. I know we don't have our crystal ball going out too far, <laughs> but let's just talk maybe, you know, what we can anticipate for the next 30 to 60 days in our real estate market. Stay tuned. We'll be back shortly. All right, we are coming back. Get ready. Uh, we're going to finish with our predictions before the end of the year. First things first. Again, this is Brandon Gonzalez filling in for Don Scordino. I've got Brian Dominguez and Lynn Heinz with me. They are state directors. Brian will be the association president next year. So let me tell you, they are invested in this uh, real estate market. And I can I can tell you from uh, firsthand experience. Also, if you guys are listening, it's not too late. Go tell a friend, uh, play this back, download the clip. We want Mr. Scordino to know that we will be the highest rated <laughs> show ever in Welcome Home Radio history. Okay, with that, Brian, Lynn, let's put on our thinking caps. Let's really help our listeners here navigate through the next 30 to 60 days. You know, we've talked that, uh, you know, rates are, are inching up. You know, that's one of the obvious things, but how it ties to, you know, offers and now we're maybe not seeing as many in pricing. Brian, what are we going to see or what do you anticipate going through the summer? Well, you know, seasonally, this is the time of year more houses come on the market no matter what, right? right. Mm -hmm. So, there's a glimmer of hope that history tells us that more listings should be coming on. And I think you, you, we see it. It's, it's moved up. Uh, and, and actually on that point for our listeners, uh, we have 692 active listings as of Wednesday. That's up 16.1% over last month. So here we sit on Saturday right. and I can tell you, it's probably still close to that 17%. Yeah. No, that's good. So we've been seeing that the trend in the opposite direction for a long time, right? So it's finally starting to see some more houses come on the market which is good. Um, I think for sellers, you know, it's been good for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And let's let's be open to the fact that the market could change and when pricing is still going to be really, really important. The market drives up your price and you get more money than you listed it for. That's that's a nice bonus. A lot of sellers are seeing that. But listen to your realtor. I think pricing is going to be important mm -hmm. for sellers going into the summer and, and the third quarter. And um, I would, yeah, I would think that's probably the most important part. Find a realtor that can write a good offer if you have a buyer. Put, you know, save your money, put your m money down because you probably are going to have to have uh, some put some money in over the appraisal if it comes in low. That's great. You know, and, and another thing because it's been mentioned a few times is you know trusting your realtor um, when you're writing an offer. And I, I've heard from realtors who've been in the business for thirty plus years and have been very high performing agents that have said, I've written some of the best offers I've ever written in this market and have not had them accepted. So have a little faith in your agent that they're doing their best. There are just some really aggressive buyers still that are that are in this market. Uh, with that said, Lynn, what do you anticipate? And to that point, Brian, Brian, excuse me, Brandon, Brian, Brandon. Yeah, we're all here together. <laughs> um, also, just a tip from a from a realtor, talk to your realtor about staying in a backup position. Mm. A lot of these homes mm. will go pending um, with an accepted offer from a first buyer that ends up petering out after seven days or 10 days or 17 days. So if your offer was the second favorite of the seller, inquire about staying in a backup position. It's a it's a win-win a for a buyer because if you find something else, your offer is accepted, you can just withdraw being in the backup position. Yep. Um, but if it's a house that you really, really like and, you know, you feel like, gee, I, I don't know that I'm going to find anything else better, talk to your realtor about putting you in a backup position. It's a real easy, it costs you absolutely nothing to be in backup. And um, it it very well could um, 
you don't even have to compete again because now your offer is just accepted because the other buyer backed out. You know, a great point. Also want to mention on that. I want to piggyback on that thought. You know, there's chances that an appraisal's already been done. There's chances that inspections have been completed. You know, there's chances that the seller's already moved on, ready to go, and they may be contingent on buying something else. So, you know, they may be ready to rock and roll. So, I, I mean, you're hitting on a very important point. Yep. Yeah. The other thing I, I, as far as predictions go to get back on our topic, um, I still think the market is going to remain pretty active through at least um, generally here, at least in Fresno, through when school starts. Mm. Then the market does start to slow down a little bit. Um, So I would just say, you know, if you have to be patient, be patient. Unfortunately, the Fed has talked about raising rates again. Um, and that could uh, impact affordability a little bit. Um, but if prices start to stabilize, I think those two might balance them out. Mm. And inventories have risen, not just here in Fresno, but across the state of California. Um, I think the statistic I read was that there's nearly um, 30,000 homes available across the MLSs collectively in the California area, which is a 12% increase in inventory since before the pandemic. So that kind of is boding well for a lot of people. Um, uh, There's just, again, you know, when you talk to your realtor, they can explore all the options for you. And um, I I just can't stress it enough. Um, You can start, you know, getting on the internet and start looking at houses and Think about what you want and what you don't want and where you want to live. But once you get to the point where it's now, you know, time to look, get with your realtor, get with your lender, make sure you have a good team on your side so that you can be successful. That's great. And, and I want to ask a couple pointed questions now. And Brian, did you have something to expand on that? Well, I was just thinking as Lynn was talking, I think buyers are going to get pickier mm. as they're paying more money for their housing costs Absolutely. every month. I, I think... You know, I think you start to look at a little differently, maybe an own solar system that has a lower PG&E cost so that you can kind of justify that extra three or $400 a month. You've got own solar. So I think uh, condition's going to matter. I think moving into a home that's been well-kept and is updated and has some of those features like so own solar, that that's going to start it's going to start to matter to buyers who are going to be paying more for their housing. That's a great point. And um, I, Can I just yeah. add one more thing, Brandon? Statewide, um, uh, the California legislator is working very hard on getting funds available um and this is just you know one part of the key um but getting um grant funds and and bond funds available for developers builders to build housing single family housing for first time buyers offering those builders incentives as far as ease of getting permits um uh incentives to sell maybe at a below market rate or with a below market interest rate. Um, and if that legislation gets passed and signed by the governor, um, which it's got bipartisan support, that's going to go a long ways to helping first time home buyers. And th- that money won't just go to the you know heavy population areas. That will be money that will be distributed across the state of California. Love it. So there's intentionality behind those dollars and it's not just focused in one area. Correct. That's awesome. Now, Brian, I'm going to just, you know, because we're talking about our forecast for the next 3060, right? Just the next 3060. It's easy, mm-hmm. right? Easy. Will I get a Snickers bar or something if I'm right? You're going to get a bunch of gold stars <laughs> and you'll get a Snickers bar. <laughs> okay, and a brownie yeah. button. Okay, good. So All right, let's go. The average day on market, we, we know that it's, it's 
10, 11. 10, 11. Mm-hmm. So uh, when it comes to offers, are we still going to see the multiples? Are, are we going to still see properties selling over asking? Um, like it's yeah, I mean, if you look at April's numbers that just came out, 103%. The homes are selling for 103% of their list price. So that still. tells me we're still seeing. And, I, and in my own practice, I can tell you, we are still seeing multiple offers. Um, it's tapered a little bit. I don't know that it, we're, we're not seeing the volume of offers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we have been, but I I would say the majority of I think Lynn quoted seventy three percent are are still seeing multiple offers in, yeah. yep. in California, and I think that'll continue. There's so I mean I think we'll lose some buyers with the rates going up, but there's so many more buyers and sellers. I think that demand is still strong enough that we'll still see um, multiple offers on on properties. And I and I think because of the lessening, probably Brian is absolutely right. We're going to see buyers become a little bit more picky and sellers who are going to have to, you know, fix those windows that have lost their seal. If they're dual pane windows, they're going to have to, um, you know, uh, get their paint brushes out and their ladders and, and paint that peeling paint on the fascia. And, you know, a lot of the things that maybe they thought they could get away with not having to do, um, they're going to have to bite the bullet a little bit and, um, and do those things that used to be like, kind of no-brainers when we were mm-hmm. um, dealing agree. in transactions. So. I definitely agree. You know, we're, we're running short on time, but I definitely want to leave our listeners with just a, one last thing to kind of contemplate and think about. And what that is, is just, you know, kind of some words of, of wisdom, let's say, for our buyers and sellers out there. If you guys can give them just one bit of advice to kind of cling on to as they're getting ready to buy or sell in the next 30 to 60 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian, what would you, what would you tell someone uh, as they're venturing into this market? Uh, for sellers, I would say put your house on the market. The yeah. the second option, the replacement property, the rental, that it'll always work. It always works out. And there's so forms in place, right? To, the, yeah, there's protection. There's strategies your realtor can help you with. Don't if you're thinking about doing it, this is the time. Put your house on the market. This is the highest we've seen values in ever. I think um, for buyers, have a plan. I think even though there's fluctuations in real estate markets, that the history tells us that's the case. It will always be the case. It's time to put a plan together. Save your money. Uh, co- reduce your cost so that you can buy something and it's not going to be your dream home if you're a first time home buyer ah. but uh, but go ahead you know buy something I think that's my advice love it confidence move confidently yep. and I love those those suggestions and it's not because it's self-serving it's because we've seen people win do, taking those types of confident moves in real estate and you shared your story so thank you Lynn words of wisdom for our buyers and sellers out there well thank you for asking me second because it gave me time to think <laughs> um <laughs> The uh, the thing I would say for buyers is be open-minded. Mm. Um, a lot of buyers really, you know, I have to have this and I have to have this or I have to live in this school district or right. I, I got to live, you know, close to where my parents are for childcare, blah, blah, blah. You know, we still don't have bad traffic here in our Fresno metropolitan area. You can get from, you know, Sunnyside to Northwest Fresno within a half an hour. That's a drive that would probably take you two hours if you lived in the Bay Area or L.A. Um, And so be open-minded. We have smaller communities like Sanger, Selma, Fowler, um, uh, you know, and and areas, you know, west of 99, uh, east of the 180 that um, might not be your first choice, but uh, you know, keep your mind open yep. to go where what you what what is most important to you. Um, 
is buying a house. And so keep your mind open about where um, you want to live now and maybe focus on building that equity so yeah. you can live where you choose to the next time around. I love it. You know, th- great information. Again, you know, these are two people that have 50 plus years of experience. They are active in the real estate community. Uh, thank you guys so much for allowing me to replace Don. Uh, the only bit of advice I am going to give is just go out and tell people to listen to this show. Text Don and tell him it was the best radio show you've ever heard. <laughs> thank you all for tuning in today. Enjoy your weekend and happy Mother's Day.